Welcome back to Somerville Advice Givers Podcast. Here we are, already on episode three. I'm your host, Yaden Smith, joined today by Jordan Graffis, one of the two Jordan Graffises in Somerville. My husband's name is also Jordan Graffis. It's awkward, but funny. So I just put <laughs> the Jordan's Graffis <laughs> on my mail when I send it Smart. to you. Uh, so Jordan is with Landmark 12 Consulting, and very glad you're here with us, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Jordan, as uh, you know, to jump right into it, mm-hmm. I know we've had this conversation before, but tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I am from a very small town in West Virginia. It's called Canova. And in case you couldn't tell with my accent, um, Canova is right on the borders of Ohio and Kentucky, just to give you an idea. And um, that's where I grew up. I moved away for graduate school, but my roots are there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Where'd you go to grad school? So, well, I went to grad school um, very far away from my hometown. (laughs) In New York City. I went to Columbia for graduate school. Okay. Um, I moved up there having never even seen a subway, probably never even really a taxi before. So you talk about culture shock, moving from Canova, West Virginia, population 3,000, to New York City for graduate school. Yeah. So I got my bachelor's degree from Marshall University. That's near my hometown in West Virginia. As in... We are Marshall. We are Marshall. Yes, I am Marshall. I bleed green. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And my bachelor's was in journalism and my master's was in journalism. And then what did you do? I know some of the audience, they're not going to know what you did with your degrees. Because uh, the only content they consume is podcasts or radio. Mm -hmm. But when you got to Charleston, you're kind of a big deal. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I worked for six years in the TV news business. So when I graduated from Columbia, I moved to Gainesville, Florida. I was an anchor and a reporter for an ABC affiliate down there. Moved from Gainesville here to Charleston, and I worked Mm -hmm. for Live 5 News as an anchor and reporter. And so, yeah, I spent six years in the TV news business. My contract was coming to an end. I had to decide if I wanted to renew it or not. Um, I didn't. I was pretty miserable in the field. (laughs) I did some deep thinking and came up with, you know, um, news, journalism, it matched my skill set, but not my personality type. And I thought, why didn't I think of that sooner? And how can I help (laughs) other people figure that out? So that was the seed that started the business. Yeah. So realizing that I'm really good at this, but I could have applied it differently. I don't do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, so I was, yeah, I was good at that. Like my strengths are, you know, communication, writing, research, mm-hmm. um, and and I just had to figure out a better way to kind of work that into my professional life. So that was the catalyst for where you are now. Yes. And, and explain a little bit about what you do sure. with Landmark 12. So the, the seed that started the business, as I said, was wanting to help young people figure out Um, what their strengths, interests, and abilities are, and how those relate to compatible career paths. I had no guidance in that area, um, and I wanted to maybe help kids 
sort of figure out a direction to go in. And that was the initial service that I knew I wanted to offer in starting my own business. Mm -hmm. From there, it went to the next logical step, which would be, okay, you want this for a career? What major do you need in college to obtain that career? And then from there, it launched into, well, how do you get into college? You need help managing that application process and you need help um, finding scholarships to fund your education. Mm -hmm. So all these services are now things that Landmark 12, a college planning firm, offers. And we just celebrated our fourth year. Congratulations. Thank you. That's fantastic. Thanks. So to make sure that I'm tracking with you, you got started with first. Why didn't anybody tell me that my personality doesn't really fit with this industry? Mm -hmm. And then like, okay, what sort of, what sort of major should someone study? What should someone study in college that fits with what their personality and skill set fits? Don't go to school with an undergraduate in medicine if you're never going to be a doctor. Right. That sort of thing. Yeah. And then you, then you go full, full blown with like filling out FAFSA or filling grant requests, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I help, I, I actually locate the scholarships for my clients. So right now my seniors on average are applying to five scholarships a month, 60 scholarships a year roughly yeah and they're winning money they're racking it up and a lot of parents don't realize that that's not just in senior year by a lot you mean pretty much every single parent right most parents yes exactly any parent know that there's (laughs) there are potentially 60 scholars six zero and that's just the the manageable number that kids can do with me i mean just that's the number that kids are able to do a month with everything else they have going on there are thousands and thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships that go unclaimed every year because people either don't know they're there or they don't don't know know about them yeah they don't right they don't know what to do you know what let's have a scholarship for a thousand bucks for somebody who applies and nobody ever applies exactly and that happens all the time and parents don't they start thinking about scholarships almost too late (laughs) three months before they need to enroll right and they can actually start applying for scholarships their freshman year of high school did I just blow your mind? So, if my math is correct, as the host of a podcast, my math sometimes is not so good. <laughs> I'm a journalism major. Mine's Six not either. zero times four would be 240 scholarships that you could apply for. Well, so... Theoretically. Right. Uh, typically, though, freshmen and sophomores are not eligible for as many scholarships as okay. juniors and seniors. So but, I only mean, 30. Maybe. But, <laughs> but you know, I just say that so parents don't come to yeah. me and they're like, oh, I'm a freshman. Wow. I want these 20 scholarships or these 60 um, a year or whatever. But uh, yes, in short, there there's money out there starting from freshman year of high school. Kids don't even know about it. They need to. They need to apply, put forth very little effort, and then start racking up this money for college. It takes a huge burden off of senior year. Oh, my goodness. It's big time. My mind is reeling right now yeah. from this information. Especially because you have four kids. That's right. <laughs> William's going William's gonna to register William with you tomorrow. He's, he's 12 only, years he, old. He's 10, so we're going to start now. We homeschool, so we're going to put him in, in high school tomorrow. Wow. So I guess uh, a question that I would have is, what are you seeing, like, in the four years that you've been doing this, mm-hmm. how much money are parents saving on average working with you? I mean, how much in scholarship are they 
finding this just they didn't even know existed it's a it's a pretty big return on investment you know you hire me right. to help with not just scholarships but the application process in general i mean we do everything from coordinating those campus visits preparing them for their college interviews it's mm -hmm. much more than just applications right. for college and scholarships um but you know it really depends on to answer your question, how much time and energy the parent and the student are willing to put into finding scholarships. Sure. You know, I, mm -hmm. well, not to find them, but to apply. Right. I do the work. I find you the scholarships You can't for apply you. for the scholarship. I can't. You're not the student. Right. It has to come from the student. But I do all the hard work. I mean, right. the finding them is the hard part, and I break it down. It's as easy as possible. I literally break the list down by month. They can always see what scholarships are coming up. I put how much they're worth. Um, where to find the application link, because they're all online now, and the requirements. Don't you, have to, don't you have to get out a pen? No. Yes. And they literally just click on the link from my document, and it takes them there. And I literally spell out, okay, you're going to need to send the application, write an essay about this topic, and submit your transcript. I mean, I, I do everything except hit the submit button for them wow. pretty much. All right. If, if, if someone cannot get a scholarship using that system, I maybe they should go into an apprenticeship. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I try to make it as easy Nothing as Nothing wrong possible. with that either. Like, learn how to be a mechanic. Right. Have a phenomenal career as a mechanic. Yeah. I mean, so, whatever floats your boat. What, what are, first off, I'm really curious. Okay. What is the most, like, oddball scholarship that you have seen? There is a scholarship for left-handed students. Left-handed students. That is the only qualification you need. You're left-handed? Yeah. It does not matter if your GPA is 1.8. If you're left-handed. Doesn't matter if you're going to college. Right. <laughs> well, here's a scholarship for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. This is a scholarship for. Vegetarians. That's vegetarians? another one. Yeah. Wow. I've had a kid who won that, actually. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We'll put together a scholarship for students that are, uh, under six feet tall, <laughs> red hair, blue eyes, and only ride a bicycle. There's but it has to be like a Schwinn, <laughs> something super specific. But the scholarship should be worth like $100,000. No, I'm kidding. I'm not actually going to do that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay. Vegetarians, left-handed people. There's something for, there's a lid for every pot. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's what my mom always said. There's a lid for every pot. So with, with everything that you see and your experience working with clients, working with students, what are, what are five pieces of advice that you, you know, as an expert in your field, that, you, that, you, that people need to know? Okay. Well, the first thing I would say is that it's best to start the college planning process early. And by early, I mean late sophomore year, early junior year. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you need to do. And the earlier you get started, the better, obviously, because you're not cramming everything mm -hmm. in at the end. For example, sophomores and juniors can start touring campuses. That's huge. You don't want to apply to a school that you haven't even seen. Right. Um, you want to start working on your college list, you know, figuring out exactly um, what schools are a good fit for you scholarships, as we mentioned, um, and also kids can start doing internships and job shadowing opportunities. That's something that I help with as well, finding 
um, opportunities for them just to see if this career path that they have their heart set on Mm -hmm. is even something they would enjoy. Right. So those are all things they can begin doing early. So that's the first tip. The second thing I would say is to finalize your college list before senior year. So the summer before senior year, finalize the list. When you say finalize it, how many, is there a good number to have? Thank you. That is a great question. I have 12. (laughs) Too many. Okay, too many. There we go. <laughs> I had a kid last year apply to 16, and he knows who he is, if he's listening to this, because I told him not to you do that. You know who you are. <laughs> um, so I like to say five to seven is okay. usually the sweet spot, and here's why. The list needs to be made up of one to two safety schools. Those are schools where you have a 90% chance or greater of being accepted, and you know that by looking at last year's admitted freshman class. Okay. And it, it's on every school's website. It'll tell you what the kids last year, what they made on their standardized test scores, and what their GPAs were. So you compare your credentials to those. So one to two safeties, three to four good matches. Those are schools where you have a 75% chance or greater of being accepted, and you loved the schools. Mm-hmm. And then one to two reach. And those where you that's where you have a less than 10% chance of being accepted. But if you were, it'd be like, whoa, amazing. Guess where I'm going? Exactly. Okay. So that's how the list should be made up. Now, you're not going to love every school that you tour. So if you're going to end up applying to five to seven, you want to tour eight to ten. You know what okay. I mean? That way you can, you know, if you don't love two, you still have a pretty good list there. So how long does a tour take just in terms of days? Um, well, Is that like a weekend for one school? No, not anymore. So like if you just want to do um, a, a general campus tour, it's two hours tops. Okay. So you take two hours out of your day. The first 30 to 45 minutes is an information session put on by admission officers and financial aid officers. Mm-hmm. They give you the, the rundown on everything. And then for the last hour, hour and 15 minutes, you're touring the campus and the specific um, departments. Now you can also add another hour onto that and do a, a really specific tour. If you want to see certain dorms or if you want to, if you're interested in the honors college, for example, you can tour the honors department. Or if you're interested in a specific uh, major and you want to tour that, you want, you want to do a more in-depth tour of that department, okay. you can do that. So, But it, there's also um, open houses where a couple times a year, every college will do at least one or two open houses where it's an all-day event, but you're really, you're getting to meet professors, advisors. Yeah, okay. it's more in depth. All right. Yeah. So five to seven schools. Yes. So that is that would be my second tip is yep. the finalize your college list. So the, the next thing I would suggest is on a college application, do everything, even if it says optional. So over the, right. actually the last couple of years, colleges have started throwing in the word optional on um, applications. It'll be an optional essay, an optional recommendation letter. And students think, oh, optional, don't have to do it. I'm going to speed through it. I'm going to opt out. Right. Um, No, the more positive information an admission officer has about you, the better, especially if your GPA or test scores aren't very competitive or Mm -hmm. not as competitive as you would like. You want to submit that optional resume. You want to get in an extra recommendation letter. I don't have the 3.8 GPA but I do have three (laughs) years of work experience and five glowing reference letters. Exactly. I mean, that helps. It helps, especially for colleges that view you more holistically Mm -hmm. rather than just your test scores and your GPA. 
Okay. Yeah. Good. So the next tip would be to file your FAFSA, even if you don't think that your family has a demonstrated need. You don't know that. There is no automatic income level cutoff for financial aid eligibility. And a lot of scholarships now, even merit-based scholarships, colleges require that you have a FAFSA on file. So it's not just for need-based anymore. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of parents don't realize that. So if their kids are hoping to get merit-based scholarships, you need to have a FAFSA on file at every college that you're interested in. All right. Yeah. And so do you have time for one more tip or yes. am I running? Oh, yeah. go ahead. Okay, go ahead. perfect. We're good. So um, let's see. I'm trying to see here. Well, one thing that I see over and over again is kids don't spend enough time on admission essays. And the essay is super, there's always at least one essay. There's mm-hmm. you know, another optional essay maybe, right. but there's always at least one required. And kids just want to speed through it and submit it. And they're always usually cliche or they're poor, poorly written. And the essay is the one chance for an admission officer to learn about you. You're right. more than just a name on a piece of paper. And if you're going to skim over that and not really talk about what your, you know, what your passions are, what your interests are, you're really doing yourself a disservice. Good. That would be, yeah, the essay is really the only time where you can write down what you're thinking. Right. Instead of just, oh, check A, B, C, D, yes, race, don't want to answer, (laughs) birth date. Oh, uh, birth date's optional? Okay. (laughs) Nope, not going to put my birth date down. Right. Uh, That's good. Yeah, and you know, the essays, I mean, they're not super long, you know, 500, 750 words, somewhere in that range. I mean, it's not going to take you months to write it, but you want to actually, before you even sit down to write it, brainstorm. Mm-hmm. You know, think about how you could answer the the topic choices, because there's always three to five topic choices. And you know choices. in advance. You know in these, advance. Yeah, it's not like a pop quiz, like, oh, I need a 500-word essay on diving boards. Right. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. No, you all like August 1st is the national, usually the national um, release of college applications for that new school year. So you're able to see the most recent application and see what the essays are for that year. And if you do something like Common App, the Common Application, mm-hmm. are you familiar with that? Not familiar with that. That is Awesome. So it's one application that can be submitted to every school that it's affiliated with. Oh. Yeah. So if you're applying to five schools and three of them accept That's super Common efficient. App, yes, you're submitting just one Common App to those three schools. One essay, three essays for the price of one. Yes. It's awesome. So they it's have. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. They have five essay topics every year to choose from, and you're able to see those topics starting August 1st and start, you know, kind of spinning your wheels. So August 1st, they're released. Yes. Normally. When are they due? How much time does someone have to get an application? Well, it depends in? on if you're going to be an early applicant or regular decision. So okay. if you want to apply early, and the benefit of that is you apply early to find out the admission decision early, right. uh, you apply, usually the early action deadline is October 1st. So you have from August 1st to October 1st to get your ducks in a row and write a good essay. If you want to apply regular decision, those are anywhere from December 1st to February 1st. Okay. So, and then in that case, you have... Six months. You have months yeah. <laughs> to write a 500-word essay. Right. Get your stuff together, kids. Yeah. Write two words a day, <laughs> yeah. and you'll be done. And then, okay, I'm going to come back tomorrow. This is really good information. Thank you. Really good. Um, next, next part of the podcast is what we call the final four. 
Okay. All right. So four questions. All right. And we might even have an extra question at oh the end. Oh my gosh. Feeling nervous. Oh, but it's all right. Question number one. When work is over mm-hmm. and it's time to play, what do you like to do for fun? My family and I go to Edisto Island every Saturday morning without fail. Nice. Yes, every Saturday. Regardless we, of the season. Uh, well, I mean, we wouldn't be going out in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> there was a yeah. week in January when we skipped it. But we did go on Christmas. So, I mean, we've been out there in the Fantastic. winter. Yeah, but we um, we have, my husband and I have two kids, a three-year-old and an 11-month-old who keep us on our toes. You know, whether our toes are in the sand or somewhere else, we are busy with those kids. But we like to always kind of take that time out on Saturday mornings and go to the beach. That's awesome. It's fun. And how long have you been doing that? Since for- before the kids were here. Wow. So, yeah. Good now they're you. just along for the ride. It's a long loud yeah. car ride now but <laughs> somebody shoot me we could park now but it's a long yeah. way to walk all right so question number two is in the next 12 months what are you most excited about whether business personal family oh, what are you most excited about this coming year uh well my daughter's first birthday is in march so we're currently planning her ice cream social birthday oh party i'm the excited. kind of birthday party that makes me feel terrible yeah. about Show I'm like, oh. <laughs> Parent fail. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot invite them to our to your first birthday party, but I'm sorry. Oh, so I'm excited about that. Um, I have written a book, actually. What? Yes, it's not about college planning. Um, it is coming of age fiction. It's, okay. Yeah, it's called Cicada Summers. It, it The narrator is a mother in her 60s who has written a compilation of her life's greatest achievements and um, her successes and her failures to give to her son, who is about to be a father, a first-time father. And she wants him to know what she's learned and how she has stumbled in raising him so that he can be prepared wow. for his new journey. Um, and so to answer your question, in the next 12 months, I'll be researching and exploring publishing options. And the title again is? Cicada Summers. Cicada Summer. Now, what is a cicada? For those listening who's like, what is a cicada? So a cicada is an insect. It mm-hmm. hibernates in the ground for uh, 13 to 17 years. 13 or 17 years, I should say. Isn't that cool that it comes up on 13 or year 17? But never in between. It's like it knows. <laughs> as crazy as that is. No, this is this is not a prime number year. I can't I can't come out. <laughs> this is year fourteen, nope. clowns. Get back under the ground. No, so I was doing research and some scientists think that it's because they want to throw off their predators. Like they they come at different times, okay. you know, like sometimes thirteen, sometimes anyway. So not to bore you with no, this is not boring. This is interesting. <laughs> but um, every every major event in my life has been during a cicada summer, and um, there's the connection. Yeah, that there's the connection. Yeah, so there are different parts of the country have different years, cicada years. Okay. So as I have moved along the east coast. <laughs> It happened again. It happened again. So anyway, um, that's that was the the reason for the naming of the book. So one year birthday party coming up. Yeah. And cicada summers. Cicada summers. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait to see it. Thank you. I'm excited too. 
Okay, so question number three. Yes. Final four. Okay. What is a parting piece of advice that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, so my husband and I say this a lot. We, we say this to each other to kind of keep ourselves in check. But the phrase we like to use is, fear is the enemy of faith. And it's trite, mm. but it's true. Anything that we have ever done as a couple or individually, for me, whether it's been starting this business or writing a book, they were all things that seemed very intimidating at the beginning of the process. Mm -hmm. I almost talked myself out of both. And then, um, you know, it's something that I look back on and I'm just so glad that I did it. And it was keeping the faith and not letting That's the awesome. fear squash what I knew was possible. That's fantastic. The Thank enemy. Fear no, fear is the enemy of faith. faith. Yeah. Fear is the enemy of faith. And actually, I can't take credit for that phrase. I did not come up with that. I, I heard it at a time that I needed to hear it most from my pastor during a sermon one day. So I'm going to write that down. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, light bulb. That's good. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So. so final four question, number four. Okay. What's the best way for the audience to get in touch with you? You can send me an email directly, okay. jordan at landmark12, that's the number 12.com. You can visit my website and message me through there. It's landmark12.com. Or you can call me, 843-901-2545. Very good. We'll put all that in the uh, show notes so people can just copy and paste it if they need to get in touch with you. Okay, surprise question. Oh, my gosh. Surprise question, not, in the, uh, not, not, not a heads up ahead of time for this one. So in the past year, mm -hmm. what is one thing that you have splurged on? It could be an event. could be a thing. Hmm. Just looking back over the past year, like, that was a splurge, and I'm really glad I did it. Like financial splurge? Could be financial splurge. We'll say yes. A financial splurge. Oh, man, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a tightwad. <laughs> like, I can't even... So there's a time I spent 50 bucks, and it was great. Can I tell you, this is going to... Okay, this is going to make me sound really vain, I think. And That's why it's called a splurge. And probably not... People are people might have liked me until this point. Like, my accent makes me kind of <laughs> relatable. And, you know, people are like, oh, she seems really sweet. And then I'm going to say this final four bonus question. Bonus question. And they're going to be like, oh, I don't like her anymore. Okay, so I'm a mom, obviously I said, of two very small children, and I run a business, and I am stretched for time. So when I wake up in the morning and get the kids off to preschool or whatever, I never really have time to get myself looking good. And Yaden is looking at me right now with my, <laughs> my hair unbrushed. But anyway, I splurged on eyelash extensions. Don't they look fabulous? They look really good. Thank you. I wish that you at home could see them. But anyway, so the reason these are genius is because they put them on your eyelashes and it automatically makes you look like you're wearing mascara, even if you just woke up. So I roll out of bed. I wash my face. So that's how they do it in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I look like I've applied effort when I have applied zero. It's genius. That is pretty cool. It is. I love it. I feel like I just feel more put together. Mm -hmm. I feel more professional. I feel like I've done a little something for myself when my entire world is about my kids. You know, every that I give them everything. <laughs> I give myself these really fluttery lashes. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you are you Good seem really you. into this, Yaden. <laughs> Good for you. No, that's great. I know we have four. 
and yeah. the amount of times that my wife and I have for ourselves for anything Zilch. is yeah, <laughs> zero, zero. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for being a guest on Somerville Advice Givers this week. I, I look forward to you know staying in touch with you yes. and seeing because a lot of this stuff I didn't know. Well, come back doing. anytime and pick my college planning brain. So we'll have to have you back as a guest sometime okay. in the future for updates. Sounds good. For, to see if, if it's increased from 60 to 70. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for Thank having me. Thank you so me. much, Jordan. And on that, we are out. Mm-hmm.